I don't know why I'm even doing this right now. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I know what you're going to do, Beast. You're just going to drag me through the mud throughout the entire episode. You're just going to poke and prod. I know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I know I know exactly how you're going to react to the fact that you won that fantasy football game. I'll admit it. I lost. I lost. It, it, it was bad. On the mouth of the South, John Chavoni, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan this is Downtown Sports. This is where sports come home. Okay, now that we got the obligatory stuff out of the way. Yes. NFL top 10, but damn you. And, and Derek Henry. And, and, wow. and I can't believe what happened. It, it, I don't it know where the Bills are on this list. Uh, well. But if they're on it. It's a bad loss shocked. for them. It's going to be a bad loss if they are. It's a bad I'd loss. They're going to drop. Maybe they're going to drop a little bit. They were here. Well, we're going to take a look at our our top ten and let's see. Uh, the Titans also better move up too. Well, let's take a look at it. And here we are, our top ten going into the seven weeks now. We're going into the. We're getting to the about the halfway point of the year. Okay, I want to thank In Chris fantasy, at least. Yeah. I want to thank Chris DeLarge for sending us this new and improved top 10, as he does every week. And we begin with the team that's number 10. Hmm. And it's the, I can't believe Chris put this team on here. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, number 10 at three and three, and the third in the AFC West. What? Huh? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, huh. Is exactly what I am saying what, right now. What? Why are the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I don't know. Here, I don't know. I can't even use radio announcer voice right now. I'm kind of shocked. Why is why are the Chiefs here? Why is a three and three team on a top ten list in the NFL? Because I, they I went in to... and because they beat the uh, they beat up the Washington football team. 31 oh. oh, that's great. Do something that everybody should be able to do. Uh, the Washington football team is not like a slouch. They're 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 you know they have a decent club. It's not like they're horrible. I mean, they're better than the Giants, but yes, they are horrible. Here's the only problem I have with this. Patrick Mahomes continues to throw multiple interceptions. He threw another two picks in this game, and he threw them early in the game, and thankfully the Chiefs rallied in the second half. And yeah, Mahomes did what he did. He went off for 397 yards. He threw two touchdowns. That Super Bowl Bowl broke things in Mahomes that at this point still are not fixed. I think it broke him beyond repair. I think I'm, not, I'm not saying it's beyond repair. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the freaking league. He's still top five, even though he's playing like an idiot right now. Well, this game might have been the one that saved the Chiefs season based on how they have struggled over the past couple of weeks. And you have to wonder, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what to say if you're a Chiefs fan right now, but I'd still have a they lot need of to go on a winning streak. I mean, look, I, I. But yeah, you did win this game, which was big. I and don't think the Chargers have... are, and the Chargers aren't holding serve right now. So, yeah, but now you're going to have a rematch. You just had a rematch the other week where you got blown out by Buffalo. Now you're going to have a rematch against the Titans from last year's AFC championship game. And uh, yes, that went well for Mahomes then, but is it going to go well for him here and now? knowing you have to face Derrick Henry. Even Josh Allen couldn't beat Derrick Henry and the mighty Titans. Well, the Chiefs D has got to get better if they're going to even slow him down. 
Let's go to the team that's number nine on the top ten. Yeah, sure. And, well, ironically, how all things could change after you win one game. It's the Las Vegas Raiders, number nine. Four and two, second in the AFC West. And you know what? After the far, after what just happened with John Gruden and he had to resign due to recent racist and very sexist and homophobic emails that he sent to the commissioner, to Demora Smith over the past couple of He was trading naked pictures of the Washington football team cheerleaders with his work email. By the way, those cheerleaders were forced to go on this trip, take these pictures and be escorts practically for business interests involving the Washington football team owners. Mm. And do you know that they were not paid for any of this outside of their travel or food? It's crazy. And look, this see, dark cloud that had been hanging over Vegas. It was, this is oh, a, it was a very uh, dark cloud. Uh, the Washington football team, but, but the Gruden family, all of them, th- th- this is no good. No, it's not. Okay. Well, John Gruden is gone now. He's not there anymore. And yeah, and look at what happens. You look at what in. happens. You actually use Kenyon Drake for more than one or two plays. He yeah. actually has more snaps on the field. If he has granted, I know his production was pedestrian, but you used him where you're supposed to use him. Well, you bring in Rich Basaccia to take over the head coaching job for Gruden and the Raiders did a solid job. They went into mile high. They took on Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. And they beat them 34 to 24. And Gotta now Bridgewater is on the injury. And now Bridgewater is on the injury list. Mm. You know, concussion and stuff. Is serious. Yep. Concussions are very serious injuries. And Bridgewater has fought through a lot in his career. The Raiders did what they had to do. Derek Carr threw for 341 yards, threw for two touchdowns. Yep. Bridgewater threw three picks despite throwing three touchdowns. And give credit, Kenyon Drake had a big game. Ruggs was huge as well, including a Oh, including a massive touchdown in the opening of the game, a 48-yard throw on in the first quarter. It just got the ball rolling from there for the Raiders. And it's a big win for them, winning in, a, in, the, in their AFC West. These are important games you have to win, and we'll see if the Raiders can keep that streak going. Yeah, sure. I mean, be on a, look, they are going to be on a bye week. They are on a bye week, though, for this week, so. So they get probably, the rest. Uh, next week, they're on one. They have a, the following yeah, no. They're going to be facing Philly this week. Oh, run, Kenyon Drake, run. Please run. I need you to actually play well. I've, this is the first time I've started you in three weeks. Well, let's see where that uh, – let's see if Kenyon Drake really starts to take off. Number eight on our top ten are the Cincinnati Bengals. Four and two. They're second in the AFC North. Yeah, that's Joe Burrow's theme. It's like he's slowly climbing up the Right ladder. now, Joe Burrow is trying to get his voice back. You know, he had a throat injury, and he's been told to not – talk or say or do anything with his throat for a for a little while until he's back how long because i i experienced something similar to this in a weird way like what what, what is the actual injury i know it was well, what he had was physical obviously he had the he he suffered the throat he, he ended up playing the game yeah he, he actually had a throat bruise a throat contusion is what it was called so apparently wow. he must have taken a hit in the wrong spot where the throat was and doctors told him to stay on voice rest because of throat soreness yeah, so if you have a throat bruise, um, whether it's internal or external, I had something very similar. 
basically, if you talk, your vocal cords are going to keep uh, banging at the contusion and it will not have a chance to actually heal. Well, I'm going to be so you actually play. like if you got this and you did radio for a job, you would have to be off for a good week. You couldn't broadcast. Look what happened to Michael, look what happened to Michael K when he had to have that vocal cord surgery. Could yeah, speak I mean, or talk to anybody for uh, about what, a couple of months, I think it was, right? Before he came yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. So he was out a couple months with that surgery. Julie so, Andrews couldn't sing for 10 years when she uh, damaged her vocal cords. You can't put years. Joe Burrow on a football field. Uh, what is one thing a quarterback has to do when he's on the field? What does he have to do with his mouth? Verbally make calls. Order his team. Verbally shout commands. Verbally get the offense set. Is Joe Burrow going to have to do it in? Sign language or pictures? I don't know. Maybe the backs have to do it. Maybe there's somebody who else on. Maybe the center has to start calling some stuff. Well, this is a big game the Bengals have. They're going to M&T Bank Stadium. The Ravens are who await the Bengals next. That's not good if Burrow can't talk. The Ravens don't care who you are. And good luck. And good luck. Actually, t- if you have a throat injury, good luck talking in an enemy stadium. Absolutely. Good luck. Let's go to the next team on our top 10 at number seven. It is the Los Angeles Chargers, four and two, first in the AFC West. And they just got slaughtered by the Ravens this past week, 34 to six. Yeah, that's the worst game I ever saw Justin Herbert play in his whole career. And now that you think about it, that's the reason Marquise Brown had a terrible fantasy day. They didn't need to throw it to him down the field in a magical way for Lamar him to Jackson get a touchdown. Need to throw the football, Lamar Jackson no. didn't have to throw the ball to him because no. they blew out. They blew the Chargers away from the very beginning of the game. It was over where you could blink. I mean, although Keenan Allen for you pretty much did about the same thing Marquise Brown did for the Ravens, which was a big pile of nothing. Keenan Allen didn't give me any. Keenan Allen hardly gave me anything this past week. And thankfully, I'm very lucky that I got away with that because that could have cost me big time. That could have cost me big time. Yeah, Marquise Brown actually had to catch a football. You see, the thing with Marquise Brown is this. At the end of games is when he shines out the most. Hmm. Because he's the guy that is fast enough to get open for Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter. He's the guy that still has the motor. So you know how, uh, remember when the Giants had that three running back thing with, uh, I think it was Tiki Barber and Brendan Jacobs and then Ahmad Bradshaw. Mm. They would bring in Ahmad Bradshaw in the fourth quarter, right? Yep. And that would be his job. Because he just knew how to close games out. Marquise Brown knows how to close games out. So since he didn't need to close a game out, I had a problem. And now if you're telling me that Joe Burrow isn't going to be able to talk. So I'm sure the Bengals, who's their backup quarterback? For the Bengals, uh, yeah, Brandon Allen. He's pretty much number two right behind Burrow. I don't know what Brandon Allen's going to really give you. If he even no. gives you very much, Brandon Allen's your second string. That's not going to, that's not going to do anything. Well, unless he has a monster game, uh, you need Burrow. That's your, that's your quarterback. You need Burrow or you have no chance. If you're yeah. There. Well, back to the well, chargers really quickly. Yeah. Back to the chargers. So thankfully the chargers have a bye week. Give them a little extra time to 
think about this game and really think about, well, is this just the Ravens that being that good? Or maybe the Chargers are not as good as people think they are. Who knows? I was I was about to grab Justin. The only reason I didn't grab Justin Herbert on my fantasy team was because of the fact that he and Josh Allen had a bye the same week. Mm, That's why Stafford came on board for me. Well, again, let's look at it as maybe this is a game the Chargers needed to kind of recharge their batteries a little bit, take a little break. The tricky part is coming off their bye week. They're playing Belichick in New England next. That's not, not going to good... be very easy. No, it's not going to be very easy. I I mean, the Ravens' defense was physical and, and could shut down a quarterback. What do you think Belichick's going to do when he sees Justin Herbert? Belichick's defense is Belichick's defense is still pretty good this season. Hmm. He'll drop. Unfortunately, skate. their offense is just not good. Mac Jones has got to learn. He's not Tom Brady. You're never going to see that again, New England. Hmm. You're never going to have a quarterback like that ever again. So, you know, they're they're going to get on Mac Jones because look at what they had before. Well, let's go to the next team now at number six. And we just talked about Tom Brady. He's next. The Bucks are number six on the top ten, five and one first in the NFC South. What a lovely segue. Yeah, a very good segue. So the Bucks were coming off a very nice, solid victory on Thursday night football. They did uh, have to kind of earn that victory and they. Very luckily, may got away with a couple mistakes late, and were able to beat the Eagles. Yeah, Otherwise, and uh, your guy on, on the Bucks, he Leonard went on, Mister Leonard Fournette. Oh my God! I don't know how started running the football. Yeah, you put him in. I don't know why, because he was playing like garbage. You told me you had no choice but to put him in at that point, right? I was in a very, uh, I was in a very d- d- interesting spot because he's my flex. Fournette is my flex. I could put him as a number as a as a regular running back and then put a wide receiver as a flex. You certainly can do that. You can carry three running backs. You can carry three wide receivers. You can carry an extra tight end. You can do any of that. But I was waiting for when were the Bucks going to start running the football? Because it seemed like every week it's Brady throwing the ball 40, 40 plus times. And forget that you have a running game there. And when you get to the two-yard line, I figure Brady would run it in. No. Brady has to vulture my touchdowns away by throwing two-yard cookies to Mike Evans or throw it to Gronk or throw it to Antonio Brown. Yeah, but do you know what the fun part of Bruce Arians is? He always does this. You ever notice that in the beginning of seasons, he's passing and passing and passing, and and then then we just start Yeah, He starts running when defenses have played six NFL games and they're already hurt. So that this way, their running backs who haven't had to really take that much of a beating in the first five weeks can just start steamrolling teams. If that is really what Bruce Arians does, then he is more of a smarter coach than I, than maybe we thought. Maybe they call him an offense. We know. I mean, that's a trend. I mean, look at the look at his Cardinals teams. When did you see him going to running backs at the end of the seasons and in the playoffs? Back Beginning then of years, like, he never. Back then, you had Kurt Warner. Yeah, but here's the. Uh, look at what he's got Pittsburgh, with Kyler now. And back then with Pittsburgh, you had Big Ben. Look at what he's got with Brady. He's got he's got literally the best quarterback in history, and the reason Brady was the best is because he's pretty much smarter than every other quarterback out there. So combine those two minds together, mm-hmm. and. This is the results, ladies and gentlemen. They, they play chess while the rest of the NFL is playing checkers. And the Bucs will have a very interesting game this coming week when they take on 
a run-heavy team in the Bears with Justin Fields. An NFC showdown will be awaiting the Bucks against the Chicago Bears. Well, there goes my two running backs. Uh, there go your two running backs. You're already, you're already not sure that maybe Bears could uh, could steal one here. You know, it's, it's not about could they steal one. It's about the Bucks know how to stop the run. Yeah, and the problem is you're playing this game in Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, Jason Pierre Paul likes that place. Absolutely. Well, let's see what happens. You have to play the game. You have to play the game. Let's go to the fifth team on our top 10. It's the Green Bay Packers, five and one, first in the NFC North. Green Bay, speaking of which, beat the Bears this past week. And Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't hold back when he basically said, I own you all. He said it during the game. A Mike, Mike caught him saying, I own you. Wow. Drew some ire, of course. I mean, you can imagine Green Bay, Chicago, those those two, those, that rivalry in the NFC North goes back. Thank God it's actually a rivalry again. I mean, seriously, how many years has it been since Green Bay versus Chicago has meant anything? Uh, we've had it over the past number of years. You know, there were times when the Bears won the North and then the Packers came in as a wild card or other way around. But it always the problem with the Bears was always this. They never have had a quarterback to match Aaron Rodgers. Never. Is Justin Fields going to be right the, the, the solution to the problem? Maybe two or three years from now, and Aaron Rodgers is either gone or retired. Yeah. But the Packers, more likely gone. More, Packers, li- more than likely gone. Well, the Packers have what they have right now, and that's why they're so dangerous. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers, as long as you have Aaron Jones, as long as you have Devontae Adams. And who knows if the Packers might make more moves on their offensive side. And I can tell you, they just made a move on defense. That's going to give them a little uh, help. Yes, the Packers added Whitney Merciless from the Texans to boost up their edge rushing capabilities. So that's going to give the Packers D a little extra punch if it's executed correctly. Oh, I hope to God, because I'm starting them this week. Well, the Packers, uh, I think the Packers should have a very interesting match. I think it'll be a, a winnable Let's game. Go. I think it should be. Come on, Packers. Green Bay's you taking gotta... on, well, the Washington football team. Oh, my God. My defense better have 20 points. Well, we'll see what happens. Now, let's go to a team that's at number four that's been quietly. People are not really talking about them because people never have the high expectations for them as you should. Well, in some people's minds. Number four is the Dallas Cowboys. Five and one, first in the NFC East. They always do this every single year. But they've beaten strong teams in these five wins, including New England. They beat New England in their house. Count New England as a strong team? It's Bill Belichick. Count them as a strong team. Really? You beat one of the great coaches in the league in Bill Belichick. You beat one of the and he had a roster full of people that we've never heard of before. Uh, Mac Jones was coming off one of his strongest games against when he faced Tom Brady. Then he he's continued to improve. Mac Jones, you got to give him some credit. I'm not not giving him credit, but name me another win that Dallas made a statement about. Did anything? The other game against the. One game against a real strong team that I saw was them against the Bucs. And if you uh, take away that loss to the Bucs, that, that, well. that was their game that they lost. The first game of the year was to the Bucs that they lost. Yeah, that didn't go so well. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, it 
just so how are you going to tell me that Dallas is the is one of the class teams in the NFC when the Bucks beat them? I don't know why the Bucks are below them on this list right now. Going to no, you can't verify that. There's no stat you could give me. There's nothing you could say that could possibly explain Tampa being below Dallas. Is Chris a Cowboys fan secretly? Cowboys are America's team, John. And yes, they had to beat again. They had to beat some tough match. They had to beat some tough teams here. I mean, look at it. Who they beat? The Washington yeah. Football Team, the Giants. You beat the Giant. Uh, you beat the Eagles. Oh yeah, that's real you beat tough. Justin Herbert. Oh, there's you beat, your okay. You that's beat a good Sam win. Darnold in Carolina. That uh, Carolina's still half the way through, and didn't they lose McCaffrey in that game? Yes, and you so, did. Uh, okay, and then you yes, you did have that one loss, but it was on a last minute field goal for the Buccaneers. It's not like you know. It's not like the Cowboys got blown out. It's not like the Cowboys didn't, you know, like the Justin Herbert win was a big win. The Justin Herbert win was a big win. Yeah. But the Cowboys, at least early on, have showed up. They want to win. And you've seen this team when Ezekiel Elliott, when Dak Prescott, they're going to play them all play. I mean, they're going to win the NFC East. But the thing that you wonder about the Cowboys is this. Are they going to do what in baseball, the Milwaukee Bucks and Chicago White Sox did when they knew they had their divisions locked up? true See, i'll say this though Cow- the, the cowboys have some tough games coming up i'm going to tell you that right now they have some tough games coming first they have a bye week this week then they're going to play minnesota coming off the bye all right uh they're gonna to have to play the chiefs down the stretch they're gonna to have to play the raiders they're gonna to have to play new orleans and they're gonna to have to play kyler murray down the stretch of the year okay i'd like to see if the cowboys can can beat some of these teams and if they do then then is your perception of them going to change yes okay Okay. Um, they have to beat their AFC opponents. Fair. They they do. Fair. They have to show that they can beat the AFC up because if they don't, if they don't, they're gonna have a lot of trouble. The thing is, how how do I put? I'll never respect the Dallas Cowboys, even though they've assembled finally. I think a really good football team here, a solid, possible winning team. The defense has actually been uh, much improved. Add Parsons, rookie pass rusher. He's been incredible. Trayvon Diggs has really now started to come into his own as one of the top cornerbacks in the NFC. He already has six interceptions this year. Seven, excuse me, seven picks this year. Leading he has himself. severely, he has upgraded the Dallas defense. Him being as proficient as he is back there has literally heightened the play of everybody else. Yeah, deserves recognition. We'll see if the Cowboys can keep that going moving forward. Let's go to the team at number three on the top 10. It's the Los Angeles Rams, five and one, second in the NFC West. And they went into the Meadowlands and blew away a depleted New York Giants football team. Yeah, and uh, Robert Woods still managed to only get 10 points. Because you have the top, you have Daryl Henderson, you have uh, Tyler Higby, you have Sean Jackson. You know, when Cooper Cup was on the board, I actually drafted Woods. I, I, I thought I thought Woods would have uh, made a better connection with Stafford. Than uh, when Cup is the number one receiver, I would not have done that. Not when Cup's number one. Not when Cup's number one. Their defense still led by Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey, the top corner in the league, top 10 in the, in the entire game. And now they're going to go in L.A. 
take on the very quarterback that started the turnaround of the Rams. They're going to face Jared Goff and the Lions. Stafford against the team that he once played for for the first, what, 10-plus years of his career. You know what? I think Matthew Stafford is going to destroy the Lions. I think he... uh, Worse than he destroyed Daniel Jones and the Giants? Maybe. Daniel Jones got hurt. Kadarius Toney got hurt. The whole Giant team is a walking wounded. I have a question. Just just answer me this. Please. Do you think Aaron Donald might hold some resentment for Jared Goff for um, not being able to score worth a lick, even though he had all of those weapons with him, including Akers? Very good question to say. Look, I don't think uh... so. um, I have if Don if Donald would wouldn't like that. I assume that the answer would be no. I'm going to read you this, though. and This is uh, this dropped yesterday on USA Today. Oh, John McVay regrets how he handled the trade with Goff and Stafford. He regrets it. He regrets it. If he could have a do-over, Sean McVay would, hand, would have handled it differently. Uh, I wish there was better, clearer communication. Say that I wasn't, that it was not. It's perfectly handled on my end. I wouldn't be totally accurate in that. Basically, after last season's exit in the postseason, McVeigh and the Rams brass were very noncommittal to Goff. And then when an injury you know happened, Goff came when, when their backup quarterback, John Wolford, got hurt at the end of the reg during a playoff game and they pressed Goff to get back in there. Just seemed like right there, when you decided to go with that kid Wolford over your guy in Goff, that's where the disconnect happened. You know what's sad? Goff hasn't played bad in Detroit. Mm. It's not his fault what's going on there. They just have to rebuild the team, and, you know, Goff is going to be put off to the side again when Detroit ends up drafting Matt Coral, as everybody thinks that they will. Mm. I think the Rams' defense is going to want to annihilate Goff because they blame him and that weak anemic offense that he led, which shouldn't have been weaker anemic. Yeah. Only eight points. You don't think Jared got the biggest games of your life, only eight points. And that defense did everything they could. You don't think Jared Goff is going to want to prove something to Sean McVay that you should not have sent me away and traded me away to the lions. Do you think Matthew Stafford doesn't want to prove to the lions exactly why he left? Sure, both both quarterbacks wasting his career for waste. I believe it was 14 years, something like that with Matt Stafford. Stafford is now Stafford's now what 33 years old. Stafford, 33 years old. And yeah, the Lions for the first literally for the first 15 years of his career were all he knew. From 2009, excuse me. The first 12 years, all he knew were the Lions. And then those 12 years wasted only one player to go with him. And that was it. And he left and he left about four years ago and the Lions have done nothing to replace the talent that they've lost. Anytime Stafford gets got any cohesion with the receiver, they wouldn't resign him. They'd let him go to another team. So what else is a quarterback to do? 
you don't think Stafford doesn't have a lot of resentment. Yeah. <laughs> and those lines are not going to. It's going to be a massacre. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's go to our second team on the top 10. It's the Baltimore Ravens, five and one, first in the AFC North. We just talked about their slaughter of the LA Chargers. The Ravens, even despite all the injuries they had to their running game, without Gus Edwards, without J.K. Dobbins, all right, we'll just bring in Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell, and the rest <laughs> takes care of itself. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, Devontae Freeman is the one that actually popped out of that uh, former um, big-time running back pile. No, Latavius Murray, I thought, was also right there with him. Pretty solid. And, yeah, it's incredible. You bring in these old veteran running backs to help kind of stabilize things in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's playing his game. And then Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, they play their game. Yeah, Hollywood Brown didn't play his game last week. See, his game is getting Lamar Jackson out of the fire. The Ravens have found ways to win close games this year. Yep. So it was really good for them to have a win like this. They needed a win where they didn't have to scratch and claw they uh, a statement win of sorts. That's what they got here, especially against the team that they beat. And now they can have a true statement when they face the Bengals. Hopefully, Wait a minute, Burrow so is going to play. Hopefully. You don't think that that wasn't a statement win last week with the Chargers? That's a statement. A, but this is a win. At, but this could be an even bigger statement win when you're playing your division. You're playing the AFC North. I, don't I think, think the Ravens could beat anybody. I think right, right now, now they, they could beat anybody. Lamar right Jackson has figured out how to pass the football effectively and not just effectively with his arm is now a plus he's a plus passer now you know you're you're not praying every time lamar jackson is to throw the football anymore it's really quite amazing i've never seen a quarterback with that type of running skill be able to back it up with an arm like that Lamar Jackson right now has thrown for 1,686 passing yards so far this year. Top 10. He's the only quarterback to lead his team in rushing. That's 386 yards rushing so far. He's going to have 1,000 yards rushing and 4,000 yards in the air. That's something we don't see in a, in a quarterback to do that no. running and passing. It's no, not, Mahomes can't even do that. But the guy at number one maybe might have something to say about it. Our number one team... On the top 10, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. 6-0, winning, undefeated in the NFC West. And now they got Zach Ertz. Yep. That's going to be a good thing. Zach Ertz was in a slump in Philadelphia. Didn't like the situation. It wasn't working out for him. They wanted to play young kids and see what they got. Why are they going to play Zach Ertz? Like, it made no you sense. You have Dallas Goddard. You have Dallas Goddard being their top tight end now. And to be fair, now the Cardinals lost Max Williams to an injury, who was their main tight end. So now, yeah, I know. And now you bring in Ertz, and you're going to have a team that already includes DeAndre Hopkins. You have this young kid Rondale Moore who looks great. You have Chase Evans. You have James Connor. You know what's? And you have Kyler Murray. I'm waiting for Logan Thomas to get better. I'm waiting for Will Fuller to get better, and I'm waiting for uh, this tight end in Arizona to get better. I might as well be waiting for Godot at this point. I, I, I'm, I'm just in a loop sitting here doing absolutely oh, this fantasy team of mine, yeah. but, but good job for the Cardinals. Yes, they are 
the best team in football right now. Their they blew defense. Away Baker they blew the Browns away last week. Blew and they the hurt Browns. Baker Mayfield. They they finished the job on his arm. Yeah. I mean, and I have that to ask Cardinals you, defense is tough. Is there anybody? We just talked about the Ravens, seeming like nobody can stop them. Do you think anybody can stop Arizona the way they play right now? Ravens. Packers possibly if the I, Bills aren't if the Bills aren't um messing around on defense. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure too many teams can hang with Arizona. Not with this defense. Not I think they can hang with Arizona. I'm just not sure if they could beat them. But here's the thing. Yeah. Their most inconsistent piece is their quarterback. Got all the talent in the world, but then there are some off games where he does not play well. Tyler Kyler even in this six and winning streak. Kyler Murray is seventh in the NFL in passing yards with 1,741. He is sixth in the NFL with 14 touchdowns. And slightly a bit better than Lamar Jackson. Right now, even Chris believes at this point, Lamar Jackson, if Murray was not rocking and rolling, Jackson would be the leader into the MVP race. But right now, that for the moment, right, right now, that belongs to Kyler Murray. Well, we're going to see because... Uh... There's a lot more season left to go, and Lamar Jackson's well, done this before. The Cardinals have a very winnable game coming up this week. You're facing the rookie Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Oh, wow. That should be so, an absolute uh, slaughter if you're the Arizona Cardinals. It should be. It should be. But we will see. The game has to be played. Mm-hmm. Could you think? imagine if they lost to the Texans? That would be really, really just funny. Anything is possible, right? Anything's possible. Anything's possible in the NFL. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Anyway, I want to thank Chris DeLarge. That concludes our NFL top 10 for week seven. And we will have our next one coming very soon next week. And we'll see what these games can further shape the landscape of the NFL for the next week to come. And like I said, the biggest omission from this list. And I was right. Titans are not here. Where are the Tennessee Titans? Where are the Bills? They're gone, too. Maybe the Bills show the world they're not as uh, they're not as great as maybe they people think they are. Maybe the Bills uh, their defense laid an egg. That's what happened. Last laid an egg. Their defense laid collapsed. An egg. Collapsed is what their defense did. Collapsed. Yep. But right now we're going to take a little break. When we come back, our pick six challenge, top six games coming up. Our week eight games are coming at you all. Back after this. And we're back to downtown sports. I am the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. Before we dive in to our Pick 6 Challenge, Mouth, where can our listeners hear us? Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm. And there's one I'm missing. I know there's one. Oh, you got them all. You got them all, my friend. I got them all? Got them all. So many places, you know, you, you, you think, yeah, I don't know. So many places you could hear us every single week. We are downtown. downtown sports. We are where sports come home. Amen. And now we have a week seven pick six. Oh, boy. And the first of these games. Oh, God. Well, this used to be entertaining. 
now now this is probably going to be this rivalry is pretty much dead at this point. The Jets and the Patriots. Mm. Well, one in four Jets versus the two and three Patriots. Zach Wilson versus Matt Jones. Zach Jones. Well, I hope Zach Wilson's learned from the experience he had the first time he played Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. Didn't know what he was throwing the football out there. Just didn't look, just didn't look confident in himself out there. Let's be very real with that. Now I, I hope this bye week did. I hope this bye week did him some good. I hope this bye week. It better did. have. It better have. Because he needs to learn. Yep. How to score in the first half, not just in the second half. That he does. And not does. fall behind. That's been the whole story with the Jets. And this is why they're one and four right now. My pick is the Patriots and it's in Gillette Stadium. So I think I Mac know. Jones is going to score about 30 points. I don't think Zach Wilson scores a touchdown. 31 to 12. Mm. Jets get all field goals. Wilson doesn't score one TD. Maybe he gets picked off. I feel like maybe this is finally the game. Maybe this is the game where, where Zach Wilson can finally start. Uh, maybe to show the improvement we've been waiting for. Look how long it took Trevor Lawrence to get his first win. It took him five weeks. It took him five. Took him basically six weeks to win his first game. But he did win. Zach did Wilson win. has not had a game where he hasn't thrown a pick yet. I don't think that's, that's changing. True. That's true. I don't think he's so not. He has, to learn how to, he has to learn how to be. A calm aggression, not just over aggression. But make your pick. I'm sorry, I keep cutting yeah. you off and not I'm gonna letting say, you make your I'm, pick. I'm, I'm going to say New England wins this game. Uh, I think it'll be a closer game though than it was last time. But okay, the Jets will not score enough. I, what I do you got? What do you got? 17-13, New England. Okay. 17-13. Let's go to the next New York team. It's the Giants, and they're taking on Sam Darnold and Carolina. This is a get-right game for Sam Darnold. Well, because he's had three very bad games in a row since Christian McCaffrey went down. And he is out, by the way, until week nine. That could really hurt Carolina. It's very clear how bad Darnold has looked without McCaffrey there. Have you seen it? Not good. Not good. All of a sudden, Darnold's back to not completing 50% of throws again. He's throwing picks again. Because he's being pressured again. And the O-line is not protecting him again. He's running to another team with an issue with the O-line. Yep. It's like he's having shades and nightmares of the gaze years. But you know what? Even even so, he's still playing better than he ever did under Adam Gaze. Well, even now. Yeah. But you have a Giants team right now that Daniel Jones has been hurt. The whole offense, the Giants is hurt, basically. No I think Robbie Anderson goes off in this game. Mm. I'm pretty convinced that Robbie Anderson is going to probably get about six catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Well, Darnold's going to have something to prove, I can I can assure you. He's and I think Robbie Anderson has something to prove, too, and I think both of them had both better get Jets. used to both liking played each in the other Meadowlands. They both played in the Meadowlands, so they know. Why they, haven't thrown, why they haven't been consistently connecting to each other, I don't know. Why because Darnold top, has gone away from Robbie Anderson makes no sense. Because your top receiver is DJ Moore. Because your top weapon is DJ Moore. Well, Christian McCaffrey's gone, so you need somebody else besides DJ Moore to throw the ball to. Right. Why not the fastest person on the damn football field? How true. We'll see. Chris believes Carolina will win this game 35-10. Who's your pick? Carolina. 
I actually agree with Chris. It's going to be a blowout just like this one. Yep. All right. Score. At least the Giants will throw a touchdown this time. 35-7. to seven. Hmm. I'm going to say it's going to be 42-7. Yeah. The Go Giants ahead. are looking worse and worse every single week. Right now, they're on, like, Texans level of bad. Judge is if on the they lose block. again like that, they're going to look about as bad as the Jets. Oh, and then Joe, Judge is on the chopping block. Joe, Joe Judge is on the chopping block. Are you oh, he needs to be. Mr. Discipline has uh, lost his team. Yeah. Let's go to the third game of our six. Bengals-Ravens on CBS, 1 o'clock. We'll see if Joe Burrow will play. We'll see. But the Bengals have played very well. They've shown the world a little something about them. And you know what? The combination of Jamar Chase, who has really actually been a very solid draft pick for the Bengals, and you have a deep threat that Burrow can get the football to. You have Joe Mixon playing well. You have Tyler Boyd playing well. You have a very good, solid group of players now. Something the Bengals for for a number of years didn't have. So this gives if Burrow plays, the Bengals have a very good fighting chance. Chris believes this could be an upset. Chris sees this as an upset that the Bengals will wow. beat the Ravens in M&T so Bank Stadium. So much disrespect. So much disrespect. Has Lamar Jackson not proven himself to you guys yet? I was his biggest detractor. And what was I? He's turned me. He's turned my opinion. He's starting to show me something. Starting to? He is. That was the best half of football I've ever seen from a quarterback. Okay. You did it once. Can you do it again? And again. And again. And again. Yes, because he's doing it. Okay. This is the second year out of a three-year career that he's going to be challenging for an MVP title. We'll see just what happens. Uh, Ravens again, 24, Bengals 13. Wow. I'm I think Joe Burrow has a good game, but they're not going to be able to put it in the end zone. I'm going to say the Ravens win this too. I'm going to be very curious how Burrow's going to play. If he's, if the Ravens get into his head early, I think it's game over. I'm going to say the Ravens. If his voice doesn't hold up. Ravens win this game for me, 31-17. Let's go to the fourth game. This is an interesting one, a rematch of last year's AFC title game. Chiefs, Titans, it's in Tennessee. You know what? I think the Titans just beat a better team than the Chiefs. So... It was an emotional win for Tennessee this past week. It was an emotional win for them. I think Derrick Henry is going to steamroll teams until somebody, like I said, assaults him outside of a stadium. That's the only way he's not going to get at least 150 yards and two touchdowns. And the scary part is the Titans, you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And Tannehill really hasn't been throwing the ball to them much because you have Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown went off at the end of last week's game, though. He did. He did. He had some very big catches at the end. He did. Can you imagine if you do that more consistently, just like you do with Henry? Who's going to stop the Titans if they can no do one, this? No one, I think that's the point. Well, Chris believes the Chiefs will do enough to beat, ten- nope. to beat Tennessee. Nope. Chris believes 28-20 Chiefs win. Uh, I think the Titans got this 35-10. to 
24. I'm going to say Kansas City will will find a way. I think this will be one. It will be a close game, though. I think it will come down to a field goal. Kansas City wins 34-31. Wow. Uh, I honestly think, Derek, I honestly think you might be because I think Derek Henry is the best running back. Derek Henry is going to do what Derek Henry does. He's going to have a great game. And if he has a great game, that means he's going to be controlling the clock. The Kansas City defense is the worst defense in the league. And uh, A.J. Brown's going to exploit that. Mm. All right. This could be a very bad situation for Kansas City. Let's go to number five now, our fifth game of the week. Browns-Broncos. It'll be the Thursday night game. So that's going to be tomorrow's game. Well, the Broncos have a nice, uh, going to have a nice little game where they don't, they're going to win because uh, Baker Mayfield's hurt. Completed. No Baker Landry's hurt. Landry out. You have no Chubb and you have no out. No running game. So who's he throwing it to? And who's he passing it to? Except who's doing the passing? It's Case Keenum. Remember that guy? Well, you got some, you still have some pet, some pieces there you can throw to. You have Austin Hooper, you have Najoku, you have uh, Odell Beckham and Higgins and you know, I dropped Hooper, and he's probably going to have like a 30-point week watch. We don't know that. We don't know that. Is Keenum going to be accurate with the football? He hasn't played an NFL game in how many mo- in how many weeks? Or maybe in a, a couple of years, I believe. He hasn't really stepped foot on a field. No, he has not. So this will be very interesting for Case Keenum. And going up against a Denver team that's uh, got a very Trying to stay group. alive in the AFC West. They have something yeah. to prove. They have to win. Yeah. Coming off that loss to, to the Raiders, absolutely. So, Chris believes Broncos win this game 24-20. I believe the Broncos win this game 24-3. Wow. Without Baker, it's going to be that bad for you? It's going to be that bad. It's going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not just no Baker. It's both your star running backs and your number one receiver. All of them gone. Mm -hmm. How much is Odell Beckham going to be actually be able to do? Well, this is where he can step up and finally show that he's still one of the elite receivers in the game. If he wants to, I don't think he is anymore. Well, wasted too much time proposing to kicking nets and complaining to the giants. Oh my goodness gracious. And no, no, I don't think he hasn't complained in uh, Cleveland either. So, Hmm. well, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I predict Denver's winning this game. Uh, I think it's going to be, by a couple possessions, maybe what? 30 to 13. Denver wins this game. 30 to 13. Let's go to our final game. It's going to be the Bears and the Buccaneers. Bucks Brady and Justin one. Fields. Bucks win this one, obviously. Well, we've seen some things with Justin Fields. We've seen it. I just need obviously, my running a better backs solution to... than Andy Dalton right now. I need the running backs to do their job for me. Yeah, that's the problem. The Bears Both of their still... running backs have to do it. The Bears are still too one-dimensional as a football team. They they run the ball great, and that's, that's great. great for the running team. That's great but for me. I don't care if they win. But Justin Fields has to throw the football a little more. We haven't seen Fields take no, over he doesn't. the he can just with his arm. Hand, hand or, or throw just as long as you throw it to my running back. That's all I care about. You have Allen Robinson. And we're yet to really see Robinson have the breakout 
game that he we've been kind of waiting for him to have, right? We we saw Darnell Mooney have it, but we haven't seen Robinson have it yet. We haven't we haven't seen Justin Fields be the guy out there. He can run the ball, yeah, he can make some passes, great. But Fields needs to be the guy that could win that big get that can get that big drive, maybe that turnaround drive when you need it, make that big play that we haven't quite seen him do yet. We're still waiting on that. And you're taking on a Bucks team with Tom Brady, with Leonard Fournette, with, well, and Gronk comes back, dangerous. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. I can go through the whole list of offensive weapons Brady can throw the football to. The Bears defense is legit, though. The Bucks defense doesn't let you run the football. That's why this is not going to be a good game for Chicago. The one weakness of Tampa is their secondary. You could throw on their secondary. Yeah, good luck with that because uh, Chicago needs to run before they do anything. 28-7. to seven. Chris has 34-14. Bucks win, and I'm going to say the Bucks win this too. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Bucks crack 40 points. 41-20. You just want that because Leonard Fournette's on your team. No, but the thanks Bucks for giving the Bears 20. Doing this every week. The Bucks but have so much for, offense. Thanks for giving the Bears 20 because it gives me some hope. There you go. I'm giving you that's I want to be fair to both of us here. Some positivity. Positivity. Such a positive positivity. thing to say, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have Patrick Creighton on in a couple of weeks. We need we, we need a dose of positivity in our he's our uh positivity coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that helps us uh you know stay happy and positive mm-hmm. all the time. Because when I get a little too negative, I start to get a little too angry. And I just wanna spend the last couple of minutes addressing one thing. Yep. That Gruden situation is getting worse and worse. But the one thing, the one person I want to give kudos to is Derek Carr. Hmm. Now, a lot of people might say he was sympathizing with a racist. No, he wasn't. Hmm. He said, I love John Gruden, the man. Now, they're next door freaking neighbors, right? So he's like, yes, I love him personally, but I hate what he did. Yeah. So and that was probably a more candid response than the Raiders would have liked from their starting quarterback. But he showed disdain for what the person did without throwing the person under the bus. That shows strength of character. That shows leadership beyond uh, what a lot of players would be saying about their head coach, because I'm sure that whole Raiders locker room had a lot to say about Gruden. How about this piece from running back Josh Jacobs? Even said it himself, said the how calm the sideline was first game without Gruden. That's coming from your top running back. Well, because he was spending every halftime screaming and yeah. cussing at his players. Yeah. Said there was, yeah, there was no anxiety on the sideline, which was led obviously by Rich Basaccia. No one was cussing at players or going crazy at the reps, as per Jacobs. So already not having Gruden there has made a big difference. So it, it's obvious there was internal conflict among Gruden and all his players, and possibly even with his staff. So now there's, you know, again, stories brewing around. Uh, remember, we talked briefly about the Washington cheerleaders. Oh, God. That, that, that's the, most, that that's the most disgusting thing 
that uh, coach has done. There's possible news that Dan Snyder may have been the one that sent the email to Gruden. There's possible wow. at least that Snyder was behind the Gruden email. Wow. Possible. It's from, it's Fox. Too early to say anything. It's from Fox. It's too early to say anything. I know. I know. This is just disgusting, though. And it gets worse. Look, I will not be surprised. And maybe you'll agree with me. You think Gruden is going to be going to prison? You think Gruden's going to prison for the for, for what's happening right now? No, because he hasn't done anything criminal as of yet. Maybe the cheerleader photos, but he wasn't the one that took them. He just received them in an email. But then the other comments he made about that were racist, misogynistic. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't go to jail for saying bad no. things. But if more comes out about what went on. If he did anything regarding those opinions and used them to judge people. Then that's something happen. you could sue him civilly for damages. Forget jail. He could lose every cent he has. Yeah. You know, a lot of things. He's not going to be in the NFL anymore. I'll tell you that. Not much. at all. Not at all. Done. That's it. I mean, you, you traded pictures of cheerleaders naked. Like you traded. And by the way, these pictures were taken under duress, they didn't want to do it. Mm. I mean, that whole story was disgusting. I thought what the Mets staff did was, I thought what people on the Mets did was horrible. I thought what a, uh, what did we call Mr. Mickey Callaway? Dick Pick Mick. Right? Yeah, no, that that that's worse. That is honestly worse. I mean, in terms of the sexual deviancy stuff, that was worse than what uh, Gruden did. But then Gruden with the tire lips comment. That, that him, his line. brother, that's, that's him, his brother and his whole freaking family need to just not be in the NFL anymore. No. Because if this is the if this is what's commonplace among these guys. They have no they have no place in a. And you do this with your work emails. That's the thing that shocks me. They do this with work communications, their bosses back and forth. And you think no one's going to find those emails? Really? Here's a lesson learned, people. You should all know better. Don't do dumb stuff at your job. Everything you, you put in media, people stuff. are going to see. Anything you put out in the world, people are going to see it. And anything that you do, especially if you are a coach, a player, somebody with some profile in the world that people that don't know you would actually know you. Mm. Don't put out stupidity into the world, especially using your work email and doing it to people that you are working with. Well, justice will be coming. Yeah, we're going to hear more about this Gruden story before oh, yeah. uh, it goes away. There's, uh, there's this is, this is not going to get this is going to get worse. This is going to get a lot not worse. going away. Oh no! With that, I want to thank Chris and Tony for sending us our top tens, sending us our pick six challenge. We will be back next week, Downtown Sports. We will dive into baseball next week as we are halfway through the league championship series, closing in on the World Series. We'll give you our There's thoughts. been a lot of surprising developments. Atlanta's got that stardust, ladies and gentlemen. Well, they blew a game the other night. 
They're up 2-0 right now. I can just tell you right now, the Astros blew the Red Sox away 9-1 and are now Next one week. game away from eliminating Boston. Next week, we're going to go through all of that. We're going to go through these series. We're going to describe to you step-by-step step how we end up at the World Series matchup that we're going to see. I can't wait till next week. But until then, I want to thank Crystal Large. I want to thank Tony Mainville. Get well soon to our producer, Girl Friday, Tonya Williams. For all of them, for the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, saying we're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.